So, dear brothers and sisters, today is the feast day of St. John Bosco. Uh, we used to have a, a medicine cupboard at home. There was a picture of St. John Bosco in there for years. I always wondered who he was. But his story is very, very interesting uh, because I kind of like saints that are a small little bit unusual. As in, like, you know, a, a little bit, I don't know, they make, they make him a little more kind of maybe accessible, you know. So, St. John Bosco, he grew up in, in, uh, in Turin. Very, very poor background, so he was a shepherd boy, basically. Had no money for education. Uh, it was after the Napoleonic Wars up there, so things were, were quite poor. And um, he does, as I say, this very, very simple background, but had a wonderfully prayerful mother. He lost his father at an early age, uh, but had a fantastic mom named Margarita. It's not nothing to do at all with the pizza, but uh, uh, it's Margaret in English, but Margarita, Margarita was her name. And a wonderful lady of prayer, we'll see that uh, again later. Uh, but, so he grew up with this, with this wonderful kind of playful attitude. That's what I like about him. He had this kind of playful attitude. So at the age of nine, um, he felt the call to priesthood, but in order to get, in order to get into the priesthood, well, you had to have an education. You had to at least be able to read and write, because you you're going to have to celebrate everything in Latin, so you had to obviously be able to read for that, uh, but how are you going to do that? With, in, in abject poverty, there was no education just for the masses like that. So, long story short, anyway, he was able to find a priest who, who tutored him, and uh, also Giuseppe Cafasso, who, who himself became a saint later on. Uh, so, at the age of nine, he feels this call, gets the necessary education, and, and as a priest, even before he became a priest, he said, Look at all these young people now. I mean, I, I feel the call to be a priest, or I'm, I'm, I'm training now to be a priest. Look at all these young people who don't know the Lord yet. So they're out on the streets. So again, there would have been a lot of poverty, uh, a lot of just waywardness, you know, when, 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 when there's poverty, all sorts of uh, immorality creeps in as well. So, and he could see all this, and his heart was breaking because he loved these people, wanted them to know the Lord. And... How can I get them in? Because we have the same kind of issue today, you know? We have all these treasures in the church, the treasures of our sacraments, the treasures of the Eucharist, the treasures of the Rosary, the treasures of all these wonderful devotions. Um, but to try and link all those treasures with where people are, it's, how do you build that bridge? Because if you say to someone who isn't practicing, you should pray the Rosary, they'll say, thanks very much, and walk away and not do it. I mean, so how, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you sell it? Like, how do you market it? How do you make it look attractive, good, grace-filled, happy, joyful? How do you make it look positive as opposed to you should do this because it's, it's a rule? You know, if you don't do it, God will be mad. You know, how do we sell these things positively? So what, what did Don Bosco do? He saw a circus passing one day and he said, ah, people like circuses, don't they? So he learned to juggle and he learned a few card tricks and he learned he'd tie a rope between two trees and he'd walk across the tight rope. And so then he'd get all, gather all the, the, the young people around and do all these tricks. And afterwards to say, you'll never guess what I heard in the homily today. And then he'd relay the homily that he heard on that Sunday. So he'd gather the people with, with shockette, they say in Italian, what's that in English? Uh, little things, these little, these little things, these, these little um, performances, these little shows. But he became known for them because they became a weekly occurrence. Uh, so that was like the hook, that was just a little bit of bait, that was the, the worm. And uh, the kids came, they listened, and then they, they started to be catechized by this young young teenager, then young seminarian, and then young priest. And it's, it's like kind of, we were learn, studying over the weekend Romans 8, um, and one of, those, one of the, a beautiful teaching 
from St. Paul in Romans 8, is that God turns all things to the good for those who love him. Now, the context of Romans 8 is, is, is that the church has been persecuted or the Christians have been persecuted. But God turns all things to the good for those who love him. I think it also works positively. So if you can juggle, and there are, there's a, a priest friend of mine from a community called the Home of the Mother who juggles um, fire, flaming things, right? And uh, with exactly the same idea. Do you know what I mean? If you go into a school and say, hi, I'm a priest, and I think we should pray because God is, you know, good and stuff. So if we pray, then things will be good for us too. Like, you know, yeah, like you need to, you need to, you know, how do you, you know, you have to, you have to win, their, win their friendship. Even for something that Father Paul, my own founder, would often say to us, win their friendship, then win their souls. Win their friendship first because they won't listen to you unless they know you care. Why should they? Why should they listen to you? They have to know you care. So win their friendship first, then win their souls. So this, you know, this idea of God turning all things to the good for those who love him, but also turning all positive things to the good. Like a game of football. I mean, if, and I, I've seen this, even, even our lads, our seminarians, there was, there were, we've participated, not me personally, but in different tournaments, uh, uh, soccer tournaments of the, the various seminaries. So you have the English College versus Scots College versus us versus the North American College and all this kind of thing. And, and before, all, this, all the seminarians will gather around, before the battle begins, you know, they'll all pray together that the, the holiest team will win, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and it's, but it's great. Like, so then this, this soccer becomes something that unites us. Why not? Like, if it's something good, why not? A good hike. Um, anything, a good game of cards, a good game of frisbee, a good cycle together, turning all these things to the good. Like, why can't these things serve God? Of course they can. If they're not sinful, of course they can serve God. So Don Bosco saw this, and as I say, that's what I like about him. It's a bit different, you know. You can't imagine, like, you know, we imagine saints to be a bit starchy, a bit stiff, a bit, you know, really, really smart and good at Latin. And no crack at all. <laughs> like, and that's what I like about him because, you know, there he is juggling and tightrope walking and all the kids gather around and then, and then he talks to them about the Lord. You know, it's such a, a, a if you wait, a simple missionary approach, which I think is, is so effective. Like, show the kids you care. Something I have to do on occasion is um, action songs. They're slightly traumatic to me now because you have to, you know, rise and shine and give God your glory. I'm so glad I play guitar because I get to hide behind my guitar and I just get to kind of look in control and say, all right, let's action songs and, and get all the young people to, to do all these action songs. But it's the same kind of idea. Do something fun, uh, something fun to, to win their attention, to win their affection. And then bring them God. Bring them the truth. Bring them all these you know, beautiful treasures, but, but present it in a way that, that they, they know you care. So I just wanted to relate to you a quotation from St. John Bosco's mom. Uh, she was obviously a very wise woman. The day before he entered seminary, his mother, laying her hands on his shoulders as he stood robed in his clerical dress, said, To see you dress in this manner fills my heart with joy. But remember that it is not the dress that gives honour to the state, but the practice of virtue. Okay, there's a... a an expression in, in, in Italian, non è, non è l'abito che fa il monaco. It's not the habit that makes the monk. You know, it's, it's the attitude. It's the attitude that, it's the, the life that you live that makes you a monk, not just the fact that you throw on a habit. So, that this is a, so that's what she's saying slightly more poetically there. 
If you at any time come to doubt your vocation, I beseech you, lay it aside at once. I'd rather have a poor peasant for a son than a negligent priest. When you came into the world, I consecrated you to Our Lady. When you began to study, I bade you honour her and have recourse to her in all your difficulties. Now I beg you to take her for your queen. So, this wonderful holy mom, Margarita, transmitted to her, to her son a profound love for Our Lady and for the Eucharist. And one of the most famous uh, images of, which came from a dream of Don Bosco is uh, the ship in stormy waters, which is, represents the church. And the Pope is standing at the front of it. And the ship is getting tossed around. And there are all sorts of boats sinking all around it. And the boat of the ship remains steadfast, remains safe, because it is tied to two pillars. A higher pillar of the Eucharist, a lower pillar with Our Lady standing on it. And this is how he lived his priesthood too. So, I mean, he's not, he's not, he wasn't a clown. We don't do these things to be, to be foolish. We do these things to attract people to a really profoundly solid and challenging message. The, just the, the, the inestimable power of the Eucharist, the, 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 the grace available to us because we remain, if you will, tied onto it. Jesus giving us his body, blood, soul, and divinity that we can receive every day for some of us. And then our Blessed Lady, who keeps us on the straight and narrow, who will always guide us back, always guide us back to the Lord. Always guide, that's, that's her job, to always bring us to the heart of her Son. And so in his humility, he started a religious community. But have you ever wondered why the Salesians are called the Salesians and not called the Boskinians or Boscoians? I don't know how he, but he based it on the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales. You know, so it's, it's founded by Don Bosco, but it's called, they're called the Salesians. So, like he said, I'm not going to found it on me, found it on, found it on a saint, someone important. It's the humility of the man. Absolutely fantastic. So we remember our first line from our reading from St. Paul to the Philippians. I want you to be happy. Always happy in the Lord. I repeat, what I want is your happiness. Lord, despite everything going on, despite the stormy waters that we find our ship in, may we remain tightly tied onto you, anchored onto the Eucharist, anchored onto the direction of our Blessed Mother, that you may guide us home. Amen.